Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. In today's episode, you will hear yet again from Ivy Exec's very own senior career advisor, Anastasia Gorilovich, with an interesting topic, what is quiet quitting all about? Anastasia is a senior career advisor who worked with more than 2,000 clients, ranging from entry level to the C-suite across various industries. She helps clients learn how to embark on their job search in the most effective way. In addition to giving resume critique and career advice, Anastasia also provides business consulting services. Welcome back, Anastasia. It's good to have you yet again. Thank you. I'm very excited about this topic that we will discuss today. So, Anastasia, uh, let's uh, let's uh, begin uh, quite briefly uh, for all new listeners that we have tuning in. Can you just uh, introduce yourself and share a little bit about your uh, professional background and your career role and current role in IBXEC? Sure. So for anyone who hasn't heard from me yet, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am a senior career advisor here um, at Ivy Exec, and that basically means that I help people with their resume, their LinkedIn profile, and with their job search strategy. I help them identify where the problem is in their job search process and how to solve it. Um, I'm someone who graduated uh, in economics and has a background in finance and numbers, but my path led me to um, to here and helping people. And this is where I feel best. So this is where I will continue <laughs> working. Great. Okay. So in this session, we will talk about uh, boundaries at work, uh, quiet quitting and toxic environment. And to start off, uh, my first question would be, uh, what is actually quiet quitting and where did uh, this term originate from? That's very interesting because this term didn't originate from, you know, a peer-reviewed article or even a LinkedIn profile, it actually originated from a video that a teacher made and that was initially featured on TikTok and Instagram. So welcome to 2023. Um, Well, 2022 is when that happened, but um, everything is changing and that is just a a proof of how something can become viral so, so easily. Um, So the person who came up with this is actually uh, an elementary school teacher. And for years and years, she invested her own time and money to buy and create different items and supplies that she needed for class. So she was someone who is very passionate about her job, and she wanted to enable her students to learn more effectively and interactively. And that's why she spent her own money for supplies that they will use in class, uh, for supplies that she will use to demonstrate a certain concept to them. Uh, And that also meant that she worked much more than uh, than, uh, 40 hours a week um, that she's essentially paid to do. And I have to say teachers are underpaid 
all all across the world uh, right. in the in the U.S. as well. Um, so she dedicated her own personal time and her own money in order to perform her job in the best, let's say, possible manner that she could. But what did that end up doing to her? It ended up making her feel overwhelmed, burned out, and not having enough energy to do it all, you know, every week, every month, every year. So what she essentially did, she set up some boundaries. So she told herself, I will no longer spend my own money to buy supplies if the school uh, and if the you know, local government doesn't have funds for it, then we will simply not have it, right? Because the, that is my own money. Um, I will not work more than the hours that I'm paid to work. And she called that quiet quitting. I wouldn't say that that is quitting at all, but why she called it that, she called it that because she wanted to quit. She was so overwhelmed. She was so burned out. She didn't know what to do. And she was like, I have to quit my job. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So she took a st- step back and started doing less. And she called that quiet quitting. Um, and this term has already been misunderstood a lot in the job market by many professionals because she isn't talking about doing the bare minimum. She is talking about doing what she is paid to do and not more than that. Because essentially what she stopped doing, she stopped doing things that no one even could ask her to do. Her employer couldn't ask her to spend her own money for supplies. You know, legally, they wouldn't be able to ask her to do that right? Uh, or to work on the weekends. Um, so she just took a step back and she created some boundaries at her workplace. Right. And uh, I just wanted to uh, reflect uh, real quickly on uh, one thing that you mentioned. Maybe uh, this can be a topic for our next discussion. But you mentioned like, the uh, model that we all know uh, of uh, working 40 hours a week, uh, but still going over time, if not each day, but every other day. Uh, from your own experience, uh, from talking with uh, uh, various professionals, uh, has this uh, model became mundane at some uh, point? Uh, is it uh, something that uh, we would need to, uh, you know, uh, step apart from uh, since uh, all the new jobs uh, and job descriptions that are going along with those ads are just uh, saying uh, work uh, flexible hours, uh, work uh, as many hours as you want, um, but they don't precisely put 40 hours work week. So in your opinion, uh, is that a model that uh, uh, something of a past, or uh, will that survive this, you know, hybrid workspace? Well, it, it definitely is outdated because we had in the past 12-hour work shifts, and Henry Ford introduced the eight-hour work 
work day right. and he hasn't been alive for some time now <laughs> so it, it definitely is outdated there is some research out there that shows that people that work four hours a week uh eight days um uh, sorry, eight hours per day, uh, four days a week, show more productivity and accomplish more than with five days uh, and eight hours. But I have to say that with the culture in the U.S. and the hustle culture, working as much as you can, I talked to a lot of people who didn't work 40 hours a week, they worked 80 hours a week, you know, oh. especially if they are at the C-suite okay. And then, you know, someone who is just an excellent performer would tell me, I have to step down because I can't continue working 80 hours a week. Right. <laughs> I'm like, right. how did you even manage? At the first <laughs> how, place, yeah. How did you even manage? Uh, but I, I hope that there is, you know, some bright future for all of us and that we will be able to introduce the or day work week that some companies already introduced, or perhaps even just become results oriented, right? You have a number right. of projects that you need to finish per week, or you have this number of clients, and you get to determine the time that you that you need to essentially do that. Yeah, right. much more goal-driven than hour-driven. Yeah, I totally agree. And coming back to our uh original discussion. Uh, so do you think that uh, there are many professionals out there who work overtime and go above and beyond in their careers? Uh, so just you mentioned working uh, 80 hours, uh, working to till exhaustion but you also uh, mentioned that you heard that from someone that is at a senior role, executive role and uh, Going, I think this question would be uh, uh, generally applicable to all types of professionals, all roles of professionals. So do you think that there are many out there who work overtime and go above and beyond? Yes, yes, I do believe that most people do that, ranging from entry-level professionals who are still proving themselves. Perhaps, you know, they are an intern, they want to get a contract role, a full-time role, all the way to the very top. Um, and, and people do that because they believe that this will bring them success. You know, working more than they are expected to, uh, they think that, that that will bring them a raise, a promotion, and that the whoever is above them will appreciate that. They will think of them as, you know, a valuable yeah. asset to the company. and. In some cases, that is true, but other times it isn't. And that is where it gets tricky. Some companies and leaders just assume that you will do this indefinitely for the money that they already pay you because you already agreed to it yourself. Right. Nobody made you work you know, 10, 15 more hours per week. You did it yourself. Um, so they might just think, well, this person is one of our, you know, great working bees. <laughs> so right. whenever they have an extra project assignment, they will give that to that person rather than someone who has a very strong, you know, boundary. I'm not doing more than I'm supposed to do. And those people will 
eventually become overworked and underpaid. And that is where you don't want to be because the fact is that you believe that the higher you get, you will be more appreciated. Uh, but, you know, money is scarce. So if you get this massive bonus, another leader in the company will not. So it's all about yeah. competition. And now you need to work even harder and even more. And it's, it's just like a spiral that you don't want to go into. Right. And of course, I want to uh, make a distinction. It's different when someone just loves their job and loves what they do because they enjoy it. That yeah. is different than taking on everything that you don't need to have, bragging about needing at least three people to replace you. And then you might be going in the wrong direction because you're still getting paid as the one person you are. And you're just scattered everywhere trying to accomplish everything that you agreed to. Right, right. And that actually brings me to... Uh... Another question. So how can we actually distinguish between someone loving their job and overworking themselves and overstepping the boundaries? How much is actually too much? That is that is the, the greatest question that I could get. Um, and I will use myself as an example because I do love my job and I love helping people. And because I love helping people, I will you know, go one step further. I will do as much as I can to really understand their problem, to see if their problem is with their resume or LinkedIn or lack of networking or whatever it is. We will accurately detect the problem and I will do what I can to help them solve it. I will do that each and every time, you know, even if I'm uh, tired or uninspired that day because the gratitude that they uh, show really inspires me to do more and more and more because I want to help them. But I will not work three hours more every day to achieve that. Right. I will not take on more clients every day than I can. Right. Um, furthermore, I do want more knowledge, more education. It could certainly help anyone, but I will not invest my own money into a coaching certification or education so that I would do my job better. Right. I will ask my company to provide me with that, right? I will do as much as I can, but until it's enjoyable, until it's inspirational, until it's motivational, I will not do anything that will hurt my personal life, my personal relationships, my mental and physical health. Right. <laughs> because you can love your job but you need to love yourself more. You need to appreciate yourself as a whole being more than just one of your identities. And that is the job that you do. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Because uh, just burying yourself into your work is uh, never a long-term answer. It can help you uh, at uh, short sprints. Uh, it can save some time, either you want to uh, make up for your lost time, make uh, clean your schedule, or, or uh, as you mentioned, help uh, uh, help somebody in need. But yeah, just burying yourself in work 
it can be very, very overwhelming. And uh, speaking of overwhelming and uh, what you actually mentioned, uh, so what could be a solution to overworking and being overwhelmed at work? Well, there is only one solution to this problem, and that is having very strong work slash personal life boundaries. As a professional, you need to have boundaries because your work isn't your entire life. And there are some tips that I have for you for anyone who is struggling and not sure what having boundaries even means when it comes to your job. And that is working a certain amount of hours per week, the amount of hours that you're comfortable with. So I'm not saying it needs to be 40 or less or more if you're comfortable working more. Yes, but not uh, until, uh, you know, not working when it's detrimental to your health. Um, another tip that I have for you is not taking on duties that are not within your scope of work. Very important. So you are, right. let's say, a marketing specialist and there's a very quick assignment that they have for finance that you could easily do no right <laughs> a very resounding no even if you're able to do it it's not about being able to do it it's about being able to say no and that is the next very important advice that i have for you being able to say no to your boss or manager a culture of working in corporations have has made people into yes workers yes people people who agree to everything so they wouldn't seem like a bad worker but saying no doesn't mean you're a bad worker sometimes it means saving your company's reputation uh, yes, and I just wanted to uh, follow up uh, real uh, quickly on that one. Um, I know that uh, saying no can be uh, difficult uh, for some people, uh, speaking from my own experience as well. Uh, I did some uh, tasks for some people that I didn't have time to, but had difficulty to uh, say no and ended up with overworking myself but uh, I think the major issue there with that uh, saying no part is how to say no and just not be rude so how can you avoid that and saying in the most uh, positive manner but just let it uh, let everybody know letting everybody know that Okay, you asked me now, and I can't help you. I have my own obligations. If I have time, I will share you, but no is no. Well, that is something that is integrated into us by the way that we were raised, the environment that we lived in, the work environment, that it's rude to say no. It's not rude to say no, even if you just said no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that for, for every everyday situations. Uh, but when it comes to, let's say, talking to your boss or manager and you want to say no for a particular task, it can be by explaining why it isn't the best time to do that, right? Let's say that you're not ready to take on a task. You think that it will not go well, that the client won't be satisfied, that they might leave bad reviews for the company, that the company's reputation will, you know, 
be impacted. Right. It's better to say no. It's better to say no than to say yes to that. Because people saying yes sometimes means uh, that they will not do a good job, that they will not be able to because they weren't able to say no. Or perhaps, you know, you already have 10 things that you need to do and there's one more. And this is where another tip comes to place, comes into place, and that is asking your manager to prioritize for you. So explaining everything that you already have on your plate, explaining the time that you need to do it, and then telling, you know, okay, so if this is urgent, I can do it. What is the task that I can move on, move to the next week, or, you know, whatever the time frame it might be in that specific case? But asking your manager to prioritize for you is even a better way of saying no, <laughs> because you are essentially right. saying, this is how much I have on my plate right now. I'm not able to do everything in the 40 hours that I have. Can exactly. you please, can you please prioritize what is the most important thing that I need to do? And then I can take it from there. And what is perhaps not as urgent? What can I move? you know, to one or two weeks uh, in advance. Right, right, right. I totally agree. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, managing uh, your own calendar, uh, asking your managers uh, to prioritize your uh, tasks, um, how about, uh, what are your uh, views on, uh, working uh, from home and the whole micromanagement situation. I know that we are way past all those uh, remote beginners, uh, beginners details uh, for every leader and every manager with their own uh, team. Uh, but uh, micromanagement is still one of the major, uh, I would say, players when quiet quitting is actually uh, online. So uh, my question is, uh, is micromanagement something that uh, is affecting, uh, affecting professionals starting to think about quiet quitting, uh, exploring the other options, or is that just a tip of the iceberg and uh, how should they go about it the first time it happens? Sure. So micromanagement is one of the ways that people justify their job as managers. They want to you know, make sure that everything's right by micromanaging you essentially you know, justifying the salary that they're getting for supervising people. Uh, but it's one of the worst practices out there uh, because no one older than five wants to be closely looked at and told what to do and how to do it. Um, and if you really want to have a good relationship with your workers, and if you want to be a good leader, you will have to trust the people that you work with. It's very important. No one will ever think of you as a great manager if you tell them how to spell a word, right? How to correct right. a sentence that you already wrote as a 35-year-old 
professional who right. has two degrees and <laughs> a lot of experience behind them. Um, and of course, it can be one of the uh, issues that people have when it comes to micromanagement. I'm all about honesty, but you have to be confident and you have to be secure in yourself. If you want to say, hi, I appreciate what you're doing, but I really don't like to be micromanaged. Can we find a solution? Can I report to you every week with everything that I've done or whatever? It might be suitable for the role because I'm not sure what the role is. Uh, but if you go along with it, you're just agreeing to it. And that goes for anything in life, essentially. If you're not saying no to it, you're saying yes. Even if that just means you're being very annoyed right. and, very, and very unhappy. Uh, because micromanagers will not just stop doing that for no reason. If they have a team of five people, those five people could, you know, talk together and, and, and have a meeting and just be open about it. And that is something that almost no one does in the corporate world. Even at the exit interview, people will say everything was great. I love you right. guys. I love the culture. And then later on, Glassdoor, whatever the platform, this is sick. This was horrible. Don't go here. They will micromanage you or they will do this and that. But that essentially means that the company will never change. It will never change because no one is being honest and no one is sharing what they're unhappy with. And then, of course, if people do share and then the company is just not responding to that, that's not your company. You know, that's not the work environment that you want to work in because they're not appreciating the honesty that you've shown. Um, and they still want to continue doing what they're doing, then it's just not the, you know, right employer for you. Right, right. And uh, we talked about uh, being uh, overworked, practically burnt out. Um, we talked about uh, working hard when you're at work as you uh, need to and have to. But what about uh, when you, uh, when the work stops? Uh, when your working day, working hours are over. Uh, many, many people ha do uh, the same mistake, myself included, and bring their work with them back home. So uh, should there be just, uh, and what are your actually advice? Uh, what is your actual advice for that uh, resting phase of our working day? Uh, how can we go from our mindset that is, Oh, I'll just finish that uh, when I get home. Oh, I'll have just one more task to clean when I get home. So what is your advice? How can we, I mean, it can't stop right away. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobody can go just like, okay, you know, I'm done, blah, close my laptop, go home and don't, uh, nothing about it till tomorrow. But uh, what are some of the steps that we can do and put in place, set in place for that to be our goal in next two weeks, three weeks, six months, but just to achieve it and just to, you know, decompress ourselves once we leave that office? Mm -hmm. Well, People do that because they care about their work. And something that they can do to stop doing that is think of all of the other important elements that they care about. 
Because when you're working after you've gone home, then you're not paying attention to your children or to your partner, or you don't have time to go and work out. And that is very important for your physical health. Uh, you don't have time to do other things that you care about. And you need to remind yourself that you are not your job. You are many, many things more. And your right. uh, entire being doesn't depend solely on your, on your job. Of course, you need to do a job. Ideally, it would be a job that you love to do. But that still means that once you're out of the office or once you close that laptop, if you're working from home, now you have your time and energy for other things. Whether that means your child is performing at school. Right. Right, right. Uh, or you just going uh, to a workout, you know, going for a swim. You need to remind yourself that everything else is also important. So that might mean that today you will take one assignment less home and then tomorrow two and then three. And, you know, as time goes by, you will do this more and more often. Great. Uh, and uh, okay, so we started whole, uh, this whole discussion revolving uh, around the term quiet quitting. We explained a little bit uh, what quiet quitting actually is, uh, where it origi originated from. But there's also an interesting term that is uh, floating around these days that's called uh, quiet firing. So could you explain, uh, elaborate a little bit uh, about what quiet firing actually is? Of course. So quiet firing uh, is something that has been going on much longer than quiet quitting. We just didn't know how to call it. And that means essentially that a company is gradually pushing an employee to quit by making it impossible for them to feel comfortable at work. Whether that means increasing KPIs until they're not possible, um, cutting needed budgets, adding impossible assignments, um, or let's say it's a, a senior leader and now that person is of age. Ageism is sometimes still a real thing. So someone reached the age of 70 or 69 or whatever, and the company wants to slowly push them out because they don't want to pay severance or retirement plans. Right, right. They will give them menial, boring jobs that they, of course, don't want to do. Um, they will put them in, in environments and situations that they will not like until they with their job right and that is just a practice that has no place in, in you know nowadays uh, because we need to address it we need to notice it and we need to well make a stop to it because it's not a, a humane practice that we should well that companies should continue doing to people right i totally agree and Anastasia, my last question, it's always great to have you uh, 
on board and to hear uh, a little bit about your own uh, your own experience, your own opinions, and research that you also conduct while writing uh, our blogs. And uh, you can find Anastasia's uh, articles and many other uh, IV exec articles on our blogs. Uh, our blog and read about. Uh, topics that are job search, uh, advancing leadership uh, material uh, and themed. But what would be uh, some of the key takeaways uh, from this discussion that our leaders, uh, our listeners uh, can go and apply to their to their own experience? I do have some key takeaways and I'm not sure that anyone will like them <laughs> uh, because essentially I want to um, tell you that it's your responsibility um, to take care of yourself. So your employer and your company is never at fault if you're overworking yourself until exhaustion because you, by not saying no, said yes to it. And there is no company and there is no employer, no matter how, um, you know, uh, people oriented they are, no one will ever think of you more than you need to think about yourself in order to, you know, save yourself from burning out, being exhausted, um, having negative effects on your mental or physical health. That is never an option. Well, it shouldn't be an option. And you need to take control of your life and your career if you want to stop it from happening. And if you don't like the company that you're working for, if it's if the environment is toxic, if they expect you to work much more than you're paid to, then find another job. You know, you're not a tree. That's I, I'm not sure who told me this <laughs> saying, but it's amazing. You're not a tree. You can move. Right. If, you don't, if you don't like your environment, just move away from that environment. You don't have to be stuck there. There is not only one company, not only one boss, and even one career that you can choose from. If you don't like how your employer is treating you um, and you still want to work at that company, of course, the first step can be being very honest with your direct manager or supervisor or team lead, showing what it is that you don't like, showing your concerns. If they respond positively to it, then they might still have a chance. But if they do not, and they don't change their ways to accommodate your needs and boundaries, then you're not a tree and you can move and you can go somewhere where you will be appreciated with your boundaries and needs. Well, thank you, Anastasia. As I mentioned, always a pleasure to have you on board. Do you have any last uh, any last uh, thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I do have uh, exciting news. We have a promo currently going, and it will last until the end of the week. So if you are a basic member at IV Exec already, then you can upgrade to all access membership for a free month trial and you can schedule a, a free 15 minute consultation with me where we can go through your LinkedIn profile or resume. And if you're not a basic member, essentially you just need to go to our website 
and register and you will become one and then you will be able to upgrade. So if you need some help, if you want some guidance, please do reach out to us and schedule a consultation. And you can connect uh, with Anastasia or ivyexec.com, as she mentioned, or via LinkedIn. Just type in Anastasia with the Z, Gavrilovi, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify, all that jazz. My name was... Alexander with Avixzec Insights and tune in next week for more exciting content. Thank Take care, you everybody. Guys.